Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to the second hour of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And today we're talking with some legal eagles. Uh, The first hour we spoke to a couple of attorneys and a, a gun law expert. And this hour, our first guest is Gail Trotter. She's a columnist, a political analyst, and an attorney who testified at the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing back in 2013, explaining how gun control is actually anti-woman, sexist, and it disproportionately victimizes women. Those are some powerful words. Are you with us? Yes, great to be with you. Oh, absolutely. I'm so excited to bring you back to the show. And when I I saw that you gave a speech recently to the Conservative Women's Network Luncheon, it, it just, it was so rich. I couldn't wait to bring you to the show to kind of share what you talked about and bring your, your three main points to the show. And the way you presented it online that grabbed my attention was guns make women safer. Simple. Why is that so hard to understand? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be hard. And I wish I could take this message across the whole country. So it's such a pleasure to be able to join you on your show and talk about this because I don't think enough people understand what's really going on in our country right now related to this topic and don't understand the history and, more importantly, the facts that are out there right now talking about guns and women And I think it's very, very important to educate everybody, those who agree with us, those who don't agree with us, but so that they have the knowledge about it and they can determine what their proper response is to all that is in our society right now. I, of course, couldn't agree with you more. But when you say they don't know the facts, whose facts? Because there are so many competing facts out there. That's right, and I think it's very important when you're hearing facts from anybody on any side of debate, and maybe this is because of my legal training, I take everything with a grain of salt. So I want to understand where they are getting their assertions from. Is it based on data? Is it based on anecdotes? Is it based on scientific studies? And so when I was poking around on this and starting to write about it before I went to the Senate Judiciary Committee and explained to them how guns make women safer, I really pulled into a lot of this data and many organizations like Mayors Against Guns and Mayor Bloomberg's organizations and Everytown, uh, the Brady Center for Prevention of Gun Violence, a lot of these organizations are putting out constant streams of press releases and efforts to get the message out that guns are not safe. But when you pull back the curtain and you look at the data behind some of their assertions, 
you realize that a lot of the surveys that they're relying on, these scientific studies that they push out there and they make these generalized statements based on these surveys, many, many of them are based on faulty methodology, misleading data, and in some cases, outright fabrications of what the studies say. And I found it was very interesting to look at one doctor, Edgar Suter, who did a bunch of research on physician negligence and on gun control. And he thought that it was really ironic that doctors were out there. It's become very vogue for many doctors and many medical organizations to argue against the Second Amendment right to defend ourselves. And yet physicians' malpractice leads to a vast number more deaths every year than guns. <clears throat> That's and a little bit of projection him, right there. Exactly. And and he, he certainly had the impression of the old saying, physician, heal thyself. <laughs> so the thing that doctors have control over, making sure that they commit fewer uh, opportunities of malpractice, that they are not injuring people through their medical practices. Instead, it's in vogue right now to push it onto firearms instead of focusing on what is in their expertise and where they could make a huge, huge difference in actually being creating a safer society. Gail, you mentioned uh, Bloomberg, and every time that happens, my blood boils. <laughs> but, you know, he's all about g getting rid of guns and not practicing gun safety. Well, you know, if we teach our children to stay away from guns and, and, uh, and not, I mean, teach them nothing about guns, then obviously a gun can be dangerous. But if we would teach the kids what to do when they see a gun and how a gun works and all the things that go with responsible gun ownership, then guns wouldn't be dangerous. They're telling the kids nothing about guns. They're not allowing them to draw pictures of them. They're not allowing them to explore right. or nothing. And, and that's terrible because, of course, a, a strange object to a kid, they're going to be attracted to it. But if they taught them what that is and how dangerous a gun can be if it's not handled properly, then we wouldn't have these problems. So this Guns, these gun safety things that Bloomberg is doing is the complete elimination of guns rather than teaching them how to use guns. I could not have said it better myself, and I think it's very sad that we have many media elites, politicians, celebrities out there pushing this notion that guns are dangerous. There are many examples where children have used guns in the family home to defend themselves and other family members. And you hear all this talk about the danger of guns, and yet in this famous book, Freakonomics, the, the scientists in this book detailed that the likelihood of death by pool, by a residential swimming pool, is 1 in 11,000 versus the death by gun is 1 in 1 million plus. That's not even close to the same amount of risk from a pool that we have from firearms. And I think as a mother, this statistic is really uh, eye-opening to me. A young child is roughly 100 times more likely to die in a swimming accident at a house with a pool than in gunplay at a house with a firearm. Do you hear that very often on the leading television shows, 
in the New York Times editorial page, coming from the politicians who do these videos about demand a plan, about guns. You don't hear that, and yet you don't see the uh, ramifications for parents who are trying to understand how to create a safe home for their families. Exactly. And this latest thing that's going on where the uh, families of, of the Sandy Hook tragedy are joining together, they've found some lawyers that are trying to sue the per- person that uh, committed the crimes? No, because that person is deceased. They're trying to sue the the manufacturers of the gun that the bad guy happened to pick up. And so what they're trying to say is that the manufacturers understood the the possible dangers of their product and they continued to manufacture it anyway. Well, only if it was misused could this have happened. And so uh, I'm saying that that can happen. Misuse can happen with anything. And to go back to your example of pools, no one plans to drown in a pool, but the misuse of a pool people not being trained or, or children being allowed in without uh, you know, fences and that sort of thing, then that can cause danger. Should pool manufacturers then therefore stop manufacturing their product because they can be misused and can be a threat? Well, how about the city could be sued also because they supplied the water for the pool? Well, right? and think about the recent example of the mall stabbing, I think it was earlier this week or maybe last week, in I think it was Massachusetts, where a man decided he would take a knife and go stab people and try to kill them. And he was only stopped by an off-duty sheriff who was able to stop him from committing any more violence by shooting him. And you think about that in the context of the knives, no one's going to sue the knife manufacturer for uh, enabling this violent person to go kill, or they shouldn't be allowed to. Maybe they will because we have a very litigious society, but that doesn't mean it's a, it's a worthy lawsuit. And you think about that in relation to the very important Department of Justice statistic that lets us know that in America over 90% of violent crime occurs without a firearm. So I underscore this point over and over again when you think about that, particularly in respect to women who are trying to defend themselves from violent attack, over 90% of the time the person who is coming after them is either going to have no weapon or will have some weapon other than a firearm. So if the woman has a firearm, then she's able to reverse the balance of power and the gun becomes a great equalizer between her and the person who is trying to attack her. So the the outrageous idea that anyone should be able to sue a gun manufacturer for something that a violent criminal or a mentally ill criminal is able to perpetrate is outrageous because you, you have to hold that in balance with the over 2.2 million defensive gun uses every year. But that is not something that you hear from the elite media or the politicians or the celebrities who are trying to limit regular citizens, you and me, our ability to protect ourselves and our family, even though so many of them have been shown time and time again to rely on armed security for their own protection because it works. 
I wonder why no one's ever sued the city of Chicago for not allowing them to carry a gun and got hurt in a in a crime. Wasn't allowed right. to defend themselves. Right. You know? That would be a brilliant thing to ponder, at least, right? Well, uh, we're going to run to commercial, but you're going to stick around with us, right, Gail? Yes, I am. Oh, fantastic. Because when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the, the speech you gave where you talked about the history and meaning of the Second Amendment and the ideology and bias in the media. So <laughs> I think you've got a thing or two to say about that. Stick around. <laughs> When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband and Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. And today we are talking to one of our legal eagles, Gail Trotter. She's a columnist, a political analyst, and an attorney who talks about any number of things, but she speaks very uh, intelligently on the Second Amendment and gun rights. And we, we're, we're so glad you stuck around with us, Gail. You're still there? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm excited to dive into the history and meaning of the Second Amendment. And what I mean by that is you just recently gave a speech to the uh, Conservative Women's Network at a luncheon they had. And I found that online, your, your speech. And I thought that you laid the platform so well uh, and started with the history and meaning of the Second Amendment and talked about it being part of the literal text of the Constitution. What does that really mean, and why is that important? 
That's right. If you pull out a copy of our Constitution and you go to the Bill of Rights and you look at the Second Amendment, it says in the black letter of the Second Amendment that we are protected in our right to keep and bear arms, that we, it shall not be infringed, our right shall not be infringed. So we have this actual right that's in the text of the Constitution, and it was put there because, as you remember, armed citizens founded our nation, and they enshrined gun ownership among the civil liberties in our Bill of Rights. Many people, I think, rightly say that the Second Amendment right to defend ourselves and to keep and bear firearms undergirds all of our other rights, because the Constitution was designed to protect the citizen and the state from the federal government. So that is the best example of where the individual is able to be separate and protected from the encroachments of the federal government. Now contrast that with a lot of the liberal Supreme Court justices who are constantly inventing new rights that are never found in the Constitution, not in the language of the Constitution. And those justices like to talk about it as being a living document. So they disregard, they want to airbrush out the literal text of the Constitution, which gives us our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms, and they want to add in rights that are not there, that have not been voted on by our representatives who are in the legislative branch. They're the ones who are supposed to be making law, not the Supreme Court. So when you think about the history of the 20th century, many nations in the very bloody 20th century incrementally took away the gun rights of their citizens. And through that, they were able to oppress and persecute minorities in their countries. And we had over 70 million people who died in these countries that restricted gun rights, like Armenia, like Russia, like China. And when you contrast that to the history of the United States, where we had amazing founding fathers like Alexander Hamilton, who is now the subject of a hit show on Broadway, he wrote at the time of the adoption of the Constitution that our best possible security against a standing army is a large body of citizens, little at all, no, not inferior to the, the government in discipline, and using the arms, and they're ready to stand to defend their rights, and those of their fellow citizens. And I think if you look at what Alexander Hamilton said and you remember what James Madison said, that American citizens, unlike the citizens of most of the other countries of the world, they have the right to protect themselves. And that right is something that most citizens were not able to have in other countries. So when we think about the history of the Second Amendment, we see that it was in the literal text and that the Founding Fathers understood that it would protect us not only in self-defense, but also from encroachments from a government that overstepped its bounds. Well, it's frustrating for those of us that do know history because it's so hard for us to find those vehicles to pass that history along. These aren't being taught in schools, that sort of thing. And there's such a push, it seems like right now, when you talked about the difference between the literal text and, and how the, the Supreme Court now is, is making things that should be. 
right? It's like all we have to have in our mind is, well, maybe this should be, and we stop thinking about, well, is that the government's role or not with some of these things? That's exactly right. And I think when you uh, talk about these issues, you have to understand how carefully calibrated our system of government is. We have separation of powers, we have checks and balances, and the Supreme Court, when it took up this issue of the Second Amendment, it upheld the individual right to keep and bear firearms, but the liberal justices who dissented against upholding the right that's in the actual text of the Constitution, They said some outrageous things. They said that the local law could ban private possession of any form of operable firearm because adjacent states to that locality did permit the use of handguns for target practice, and those states were only a brief subway ride away. Mm. So it's unbelievable. And if you think about that in relation to the liberal justices and other rights that they have invented, where they won't tolerate anything, anything at all, as a minimal burden on that right. The idea that we could, if you were being attacked, for example, in Washington, D.C., where, you're not, where you weren't allowed to have a firearm, an operable firearm, that somehow you could coax that attacker onto the subway and go to the adjacent <laughs> jurisdiction and then defend yourself just shows how completely completely absurd this line of reasoning was. It so is. And then um, I also promised our listeners that we would be talking about, you know, this crazy idea that you seem to have that there might be some bias in the media. What is that about? (laughs) That's right. Uh, If we look (laughs) at any of the reporting that the media has done on this, as I mentioned, there are over 2.2 million defensive gun uses a year. And I just went, before I went to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee, I just looked through the news reports and came up with many, many examples of women defending themselves or their loved ones against violent attack. There was a woman who defended against five burglars. Oh my gosh. There was a woman who thwarted an attempted school shooting. There was a woman who saved a child from a kidnapper. There was another woman who saved a uh, she saved an entire theater of people from a gunman who had entered the theater and and in every single one of those circumstances the woman used a firearm and it was a private citizen so we don't see that on 60 minutes we don't see that on the nightly news we don't see those stories brought up again and again and again and that's why i'm citing the bias of the media well, doesn't Bloomberg have a big influence with the media? I mean, isn't he a media king? He is a media king. Well, that might be and the he, answer. I think it's partially, certainly a downstream effect from his ideological leanings on this point. But you, you also have to understand that most of the top journalist-type enterprises based in New York or D.C., draw from a pool of people who probably lean a lot more leftward than the rest of the country. So it's not only that an edict from someone like Bloomberg is coming down, it's also because these 
journalists tend to be of that viewpoint anyway, so it flows from their natural assumptions. And that's why it's so important to me to have the opportunity to get out there and dispel some of these myths because people are not getting the full and complete picture of what the Second Amendment protects in our personal lives and in our lives as American citizens trying to negotiate our relationship with the federal government. I love that. And you even made a point in the the talk you gave to the conservative women's luncheon that even uh, sharks, shark attacks, can't be reported accurately, apparently, right? Right, right, right. Yes, I I made the point in my speech that before the tragedy of 9-11 was visited on America, that summer, you may or may not remember, all the rage in news reporting was about shark attacks. You couldn't turn on the television without seeing a recent report of a new shark attack. And yet, when you go back and look at the actual statistics of that period of time compared to historic numbers of shark attacks, shark attacks were actually down, <laughs> the number of shark attacks in that period. So you you really do have to be a informed consumer of the news and understand that a lot of it comes with ideological bias. And I do think, I I am an optimistic person, I do think that a lot of these folks have the right idea. They want to help us gain a safer society. They do want to help people have safer families, safer communities. They're just completely wrong on what it would take to accomplish that. You know, I agree. I say that all the time. We agree on more than what we disagree on, but it's just our methodology. Um, Right. So, yeah. Well, before we have to wrap up, I want people to know how do they follow you because you you write uh, a lot, you speak a lot, you're in a lot of different places, and and you talk about a lot of different topics so we can get more well-rounded by following you. Yes, I have a website, which is my name, Gail, G-A-Y-L-E, Trotter.com, like Crystal Gale for any of those country music <laughs> fans from long ago. I put all of my written work and radio and TV appearances on that. You can also follow me on Twitter. I enjoy interacting with people on Twitter, and you can reach me there. It's my name, Gail, G-A-Y-L-E, Trotter. Very good. And so in July, when uh, the DC project is coming back, uh, we're trying to rope you in to to be a part of that. I don't know if you're aware of that yet, but check your email. Yes, (laughs) I had an email asking me to be the feature speaker. So I am very excited about that. Oh, me too. I cannot wait. And then we get to meet each other in person, which is awesome also. Absolutely. And you can tell me all about your family because I love seeing the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Referring to Facebook. I'm, I'm a little addicted to Facebook. Not going to lie about that. So thank you, Gail, so much for, for taking the time and coming on and talking to us more about the history and meaning of the Second Amendment, facts about gun safety, and a, a reminder to keep our eye on the media and kind of come in with a little bit of a jaundice eye, right? Yes, and so great to be with you both. And just keep that in mind. Guns make women safer. Amen to that. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Great to be with you. All right, stick around because we are about to talk with the newly elected vice president of the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association. Stick around. 
Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. We're talking with legal eagles today. Some of our guests are lawyers and some are eagles, keeping their eyes peeled on the future of our country our country and the firearm industry. One of these eagles is Craig Jorner. He's newly elected vice president of the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association, which is an Arizona arm of the NRA. Welcome, Welcome to Craig. the show. Thank you very much, Cheryl. Dan, really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Absolutely. So you are brand new elected. We just had our annual membership meeting, and that is like got to be the hundred and something annual because we've been around for a long time. Well, we really have. I mean, the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association was actually founded in 1907. And of course, the object of it was to represent the nice, the National Rifle Association in rifle competitions in, in Arizona. Um, sometime in the 1930s, we actually merged with the Arizona Pistol Association. And then 2011, we actually added uh, shotguns. So, you know, we... Um, ASRPA, as we like to be known, we're actually the official state organization, and we represent uh, NRA's over 40,000 members in, in Arizona. Just in Arizona, we Just have 40,000. Yeah. Well, I am actually one of the newer members, and I was also elected to a position over the weekend, I'm very proud to say. You you were, and we are extremely happy to have you on board as uh, PR and media director. So welcome aboard. I mean, it's part of our some of our newer initiatives to um, to increase our, our membership and move forward. And we're having a substantial increase in membership, and I'm no doubt we'll talk about that. Craig, why would you appoint her because she, or elect her? Because she doesn't talk. I mean, come <laughs> I'm on. I'm so shy. I'm I'm really a wallflower. 
<laughs> Not so much, right? Uh, no, I, I'm super excited. I, I met uh, Noble C. Hathaway. He's been the president for several years. I uh, met him at a function that we were, were at, and I was just really taken by him and, and his vision of, of history, right? He understands our history, and he also has this vision of where we're going and, and sort of a continuity there uh, in this revisionist world that we live in. I think that that is so important, and to be part of an organization that has such deep roots is really an honor for me. Yeah, and uh, Noble was actually very much instrumental in uh, bringing me on board. I mean, I became a board member about a year ago, but I was really brought on to be marketing director, and the notion behind that was to uh, to help grow the organization. And uh, quite honestly, from from my way of thinking, um, that meant actually totally evaluating all of our policies and uh, procedures and processes and uh, see how we can get better as an organization. So we're very much taking a look at everything. I mentioned, uh, you know, we have a lot of new members. And just to give you a perspective on that, Cheryl, so far this year, approximately 70% of the membership applications that we have processed are from new members. Nice. Yeah. So right now I'm, I'm in the process of actually putting together a membership survey to make sure that uh, we're doing the right things to retain our current members, but also trying to understand how best to meet and exceed the expectation of all these new members that we have. Because they are, in a lot of respects, different types of people, the new members that we're giving, have different expectations than perhaps people of, of my generation, exactly. right? Exactly. We have multiple generations, which is so important to the health and the life of any organization because you need the people that have been around for a long time, that they, they have that institutional memory, right? And also the, the, the history of just our gun laws and our, our country and that sort of thing. But then you also need the new, the millennials, Right. Because exactly. they're of an age now that they can engage in, in the shooting sports mm -hmm. because they'll tell you how do how can we fit all of this into my digital world, into my smartphone world, into everything I do is immediately I got to find the Web page for this uh, organization kind of a world. Right. You're so right. And uh, that's very much part of what we're actually taking uh, a look at. One of the initiatives that. Uh, I've got going on right now is we've actually formed a, uh, a marketing subcommittee and the idea there is we're going to redo our website and we expect to have a new uh, website up and running by the end of the year and off of that new platform that um, I'm actually working on we expect to better be able to manage the relationships that we have with our with our current members and especially since we're we're growing so much initially too so, that's very important. So Craig tell me why would I want to join the, the organization? Well, um, you know, there's a lot of things that uh, we, we do, but um, perhaps the most important thing and our, our mission really is to promote safe and responsible gun ownership. Very, very important. Um, it's also part of our mission to hold shooting events, to conduct NRA training certification courses. And in general, Dan, it's to, uh, to further pro-Second Amendment and freedom issues and legislation. So... Um, on top of that, though, you know, one of the th new things that we're, we're taking a look at is we're evaluating the, the, the benefits that we offer through our membership and seeing if there's some ways that we can enhance that. 
Uh, for example, here's an idea we're taking a look at. As a result of this high level of new membership, uh, we're taking a look at implementing a concierge service, right? So the idea behind that is, is that when a new member joins, they receive a call from an ASRPA concierge welcoming them and determining really what their interests are so that we can get in touch with them, put them in touch with the proper people in the programs and get them off to a good start. So in other words, really what we're talking about doing here is proactively engaging and welcoming people who are new to firearms and are shooting sports. So it's things like that that we hope will uh, get our new members excited about the organization. Well, I, um, I, I had the privilege of being in one of your shoots. We were invited by the president, and we did the shoot. And, you know, I've been shooting all my life, and I've never done that. And it was really a lot of fun. So you have the organized shoots. You have all these things. And for the person that really doesn't want to do a lot, they don't have to do a lot if they don't want to. Just help support the Second Amendment rights and things, right? Yeah, I mean— you know, one of the things that's nice about our organization, and you mentioned I'm, I'm fairly new to the board, but boy, when you come out to, to an ASRPA event or engage some of our members, really what you find is a very enthusiastic, dedicated, and passionate group of volunteers. I mean, we're all volunteers at ASRPA. And whenever I have the opportunity to sit down and actually speak with some of our division directors, you know, the people that are in charge of different things like black powder or cast bullet or high power, our junior teams, lever gun, concealed carry, hand loading, hunting. I mean, there's a lot of things I'm, I'm, uh, I'm leaving out here, but I'm always humbled by the amount of knowledge that these people actually bring to our organization. And there's a lot we can learn from them and, and they want to teach it, you know, and uh, they want us to, to have fun. And, of course, they want to make sure that we're safe, too, and they do a great job of doing that. So. Well, there is such a social angle to going shooting. You know, we use that phrase all the time, I'm going to go shooting. And so you join up with some friends. How much even better if you're joining up with friends that have the level of knowledge that you're talking about is in the ASRPA, and you can really, you know, kind of fine-tune it like I really just want to shoot clay I really just want to shoot uh, like at the the Washington State uh, match that we went to yeah uh, talk about those a little bit well uh, that is an annual event that my goodness we've had for decades this is the Washington Day Washington's birthday mm -hmm. annual match and it's so much fun well, we went out with an AR-15 and uh, our style platform gun. Mm -hmm. And uh, note to ourselves, we need to cite it in before we go to a competition next We also <laughs> need to know that we have the right kind of ammo for it because the ammo I had wasn't working right. So, yeah, these kinds of things that you don't think about. But if you've got experts you can reach out to, and then your specialty is? Well, I, I, I love the historical rifles. So um, I'm also the uh, vintage rifle director. And I'm really excited because I'm actually going to be hosting, uh, on behalf of ASRPA, a, a match October 1st out at Cowtown. And uh, we're still working on the format, so it's a, a work in progress. But um, that match is going to be held about a week before the Western CMP Games, which are held at Ben Avery um, every year. And this year they happen to be held between, uh, actually, yeah, October 7th through the 11th. So basically once it cools off a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> Is that what we're talking about yeah, here? Yeah, we are. We are. So people will come out to that uh, historic shoot and they'll actually get to see the vintage guns. Yes. I mean, we had a, a tremendous event uh, called ASRPA Day 
which we have every year in February. And the stage that I ran out at Cowtown actually related to vintage rifles. I had everything there from uh, Craig Jorgensen from the, uh, the Boxer Rebellion, uh, prior to World War One era, all the way through, you know, Cold War guns, World War II, Garands, uh, Mosin Nagants that were actually made by uh, American manufacturers. Yep. So. We we had a tremendous uh, selection for people who you know do not normally get exposed to have the opportunity to actually shoot these historical wow. rifles. So it was a tremendous amount of fun. I kind of feel sad for people that aren't in Arizona because do they have these opportunities? You know. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so it's another reason to travel to Arizona in October, where you, you can. If you love guns, you can move to Arizona. If you love guns. Yeah. If you don't love guns, stay where you are. Yeah. No. Did I say that? out loud oh and then you mentioned (laughs) subliminal messages here so you mentioned Mm -hmm. off air uh, a really neat sounding uh, event coming up about apple seed yes um if you're not familiar with Appleseed, I've been to uh, several e- events, and I'm really excited that it looks like in September and uh, November we're going to be able to bring Project Appleseed events to um, Cow- Cowtown Range. Appleseed events are really great venues for new rifle shooters of all ages and those wanting a refresher course on basic rifle marksmanship skills. And also, Cheryl, these are great family events. I see a lot of dads and uh, with sons and daughters at these events. And during the breaks and lunch, you get to learn about History. April 19th, 1775. As Appleseed says, the day marksmanship met history and liberty was born. So, of course, we're talking about Lexington and, and Concord. But really, they teach two things rifle marksmanship and our early American heritage. And it's a great time. So, be on the lookout for that. If you want information about that, uh, uh, go app- to the new website so soon, well, you can, right? You can do that, or you can go directly to AppleseedInfo oh. at uh, ORG, and you'll find a lot of information about that, too. AppleseedInfo.org, and then our website that you're in the process of updating is? ASRPA.com. Dot com. Fantastic. And and right now, I mean, it's functioning. It's a fine website, but it's going to just have a newer look. A little bit more functionality and those sorts of things, right? Absolutely. Fantastic. And we welcome all new people who are interested in learning the history and joining together with a a social network of of like-minded people. Uh, Thank you so much, Craig, for coming in. Thank you, Cheryl. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate Thank it. And, and your lovely wife, who sat so quiet for all this time, Miss Lori over there. Appreciate you stopping in. All right, well, stick around. We have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Tip of the Week coming up right after this. Hi, folks. I'm Don Carter. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too.
And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We're sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And today we have had the theme, Legal Eagles. I, I've really enjoyed, learn, I've learned so much. Haven't you, Dan? I have, but I didn't. I thought it was going to be something about eagles, you know, flying eagles. And so... The, the group, the Eagles music? Oh, it could have been that too. <laughs> no, it was very good. And it, my tip of the day is going to be based off this. I had a different idea for a tip, but I have to change it now. Really? Yeah. Do you, do you want to do it now? Nope. You want to wait? Yep. Oh, the suspense. I can't stand it. All right. Well, um, I, I love how Craig was talking about how uh, the ASRPA, the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association, uh, Craig was just on. He was is our newly elected vice president of the ASRPA and, and how it's an, a volunteer organization. And it is, but I'm pretty sure that, that you showed up at one meeting and you already got voluntold something. Yeah. So. <laughs> They're going to make me something. I'll tell you, the donuts were good. They were good. Yeah. I, I think they were from somewhere up in Prescott. We had our meeting at the... Um, what is that called? The Pioneer Rustic Village? Yeah, Pioneer Village. Pioneer Village, yeah. Living History Village. I haven't been there since I was a kid. I grew up in, in Cottonwood part of the time growing up, and so we'd go there for um, field days. You know what's weird about that? Trips. You know, they made this old town. Mm-hmm. Now it's really old. <laughs> it was it was old at the time. What do you mean? Well, when they built it, they built it to be an old town. Mm-hmm. But now it's been there so long. That that part's old. It's an old town. Oh, nice. Sort I of see like the things that it is in the land were put in there as, as antiques. Yes. Now they're antiques. Right. Or how about Weird. once they had to change uh, Tomorrowland because it kind of started looking like yesterday. Yesterday. Land. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Time does march on. Well, one of the things that we love to do every week here is uh, to talk about the stories that really happen in the news, the responsibly armed citizen report. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. So a couple of our guests actually talked about this sort of thing. Um, Gail Trotter was talking about how, you know, there's all these stories of like two, what did she say? Let me look that figure up. Two, 2.2 million defense gun uses. 
And how often do we hear about them? Well, our listeners do because we, we bring them to the air. Uh, our, our guest, James Maravich, the attorney, he's part of a show called Stop the Threat on uh, Pursuit TV, I think it is. And they talk about these stories from a standpoint of Monday morning quarterbacking, what went well, what didn't. And we try to, to be fair in that as well. But uh, it's so important to know that these things really do happen, that, that uh, you know, danger sometimes travels in packs and, and sweeps through entire neighborhoods, kicking in doors and smashing out windows. I mean, danger doesn't care what time it is. Is it morning? Is it nighttime? Danger only cares if you live in a nice neighborhood. If he and his fellow thugs think you might have some nice stuff to steal. Because we think if we live in a, a nice neighborhood, a good neighborhood, we're safe, don't we? And so when at 4.30 on an early spring morning in Youngville, Louisiana, you know, imagine if this is your neighborhood. Imagine if this is your home. Most likely... 4.30 in the morning, you'd still be sound asleep and happy that the alarm was still an hour or two away from nudging you out from under the covers. But you hear one loud bang. Was that your front door? You hear another noise. Glass breaking. Wait a minute. Are we having a, a tornado? No. No, it's not a tornado because you hear voices. Not just one, not just two. Wait. There are three voices. They are in your house. Well, you've called 911, but now what? How long before help comes? Why are they in your house? And do they want to just rob you and run? Or are they there to cause you and your family harm? There are three of them. Where do you hide? Where they won't find you? Now they're coming towards your room. One of them just spotted you and you hear a crack of a sound. He is shooting at you in your own home. Thankfully, you are a safe and responsibly armed homeowner. You return fire with the gun that you keep in the safe next to your bed, the one you trained with just in case danger ever visited you, kicked in your door and smashed in your windows. The gun you bought and trained with even when other voices told you that you don't need it, just call the police. Even when shaming voices criticized you for being small-minded and backward thinking, you use that defensive tool. You fire back, and you stop this terrible trio of danger. Thanks, Jade. In Lafayette, three suspects are behind bars, charged with attempted second-degree murder after investigators say they broke into a home and shot at the homeowner. Early this morning, shortly before 4.30, Lafayette deputies were called to a home in the 300 block of Austin Road in Youngsville. The homeowner said the suspects broke into his house while he was sleeping, and the suspects then fired several shots inside the home. The homeowner fired back, hitting one of the suspects. The suspects got away but were later located at an area hospital. Jace Bro, Chad Louvier, and Jacob Collette were all booked into the Lafayette Parish Correctional Center. Wow. Think about that. I mean, somebody breaks in your home. They are prepared. They know exactly what they're doing. They come in shooting. You woke up in the middle of the night. Try, you call 911, you try to hide, they shoot at you, but you shoot 
and you hit them. Mm-hmm. That is becoming, that's because you are trained. Mm-hmm. You are prepared for what could happen. Mm-hmm. The, for, uh, fortunately, the criminals don't have the training. They, didn't, they must have not had the training. They didn't hit any of the targets they were shooting at. So it's a good, you know, knowing your firearm, knowing where it's at, knowing when to use it, and being um, trained enough to know how to hit the target is awesome. Well, when you say they show up, the bad guys show up, and they know what they're about to do. I was going to say, well, the only thing they don't really know is the layout of your home, but maybe they were a workman in your home. Maybe they do know the layout, and maybe and, and it's just a thing that, you being prepared because mm-hmm. they have the advantage. I mean, people that are on the attack have the advantage because they know when, where, and how mm-hmm. you don't. Absolutely. And then after talking with our legal Eagles today, so now this homeowner who was just minding his own business, sleeping at four thirty in the morning. Now he is in a legal mess. Right. And did he have a lawyer that he had established a relationship with prior to this? Or is he just now scrambling, trying to figure out what to say? And what did I say on 911? And what did I say to the officer that came? And, you know, it, it, it can be a mess. I, I'm always encouraged when we get to hear the officials speak on these news segments that say, you know, no charges are going to be filed against the homeowner because clearly he was in his rights. And But that doesn't mean that they can't be sued civilly right. by people, the bad guys. There has been several cases where people have sued and they're the ones that are the attacker. And they have sued because maybe they thought they used too much force or because they, whatever. And it's, that's the shame of this. First of all, I, there's a, a lot of lawyers that I respect. Mm-hmm. But a lawyer that takes a case against a firearm manufacturer for making a gun and somebody using it in a crime or for defending a criminal that goes in someone's house, that, that to me is, is not a good attorney. Yeah, I'd have to hear a really good explanation for me to say that I could respect that right. decision and maybe even respect that person. But you know what time it is now? Well, I know what time it is, but I just, one more thing on that story. I mean, you think this guy, I mean, he's minding his own business. He's in his own house. And thank God he was able to, to defend himself. Because mm-hmm. if, if the guns were illegal mm-hmm. or... Maybe his wife didn't like the fact that he had guns and they didn't have guns in the house. There would be dead people in the house. They came in to shoot him. Three of them. Yes. They came to sh- And it sounds like it was one guy against the three and he was able to get them out of the, out of the way. Because so. we like to say guns are the great equalizer. Yes, right. All right. Where's that, t- that little tone? That tells us it's time for Dan's tip of the week. Yes, my tip of the week is is um, was is changed. So uh, this is not rehearsed. I um, just thought of this during the show, and I, I think about all the new people that are in the process of buying a firearm or considering a firearm, and I want to tell them to not be afraid to own a firearm, but to prepare yourself for it. I mean, go find the gun that fits good in your hand. Go shoot it. Uh, get the training and get help some friends, you know, have your friends talk to you about the guns and stuff. But anyway, get familiar with your gun. Then hire an attorney. You know, it, it. I don't think it costs that much money to just get a name of an attorney that you can call if you have a problem. And he's going to have conferences with you and kind of let you know, what, you know, some of the laws and what you can and can't do. And, you know, it's it's a good rather than ask somebody that doesn't really know 
who better to ask than your attorney if, hey, can I use a gun to do this? Can I do this? Can I defend myself if somebody's breaking in my car outside? So it just helps you to be prepared for this kind of situations. And as a responsible gun owner, you have a responsibility to train yourself and to get educated. So please do that. Take the time to do it. Even if you've been around guns all your life, get an attorney just to have to get advice from and to have a number to call at four o'clock in the morning. And I think it's part of just the mental preparedness as well, right? right. I might right. need an attorney if I pull this trigger. Right. And if you're carrying a gun, you're carrying it because you might need it. Mm-hmm. So take that extra step and say, I'm carrying a gun. I need to carry ammo and I need to have an attorney. Mm-hmm. And just make that simple. Just do that. All right. Very good. You know, one of our our tips of the week, I want to hear, you are a gunsmith at azfirearms.com. I want to hear like a report from a gunsmith. What what happens behind the scenes when you're in the the man cave, we like to call it? Do you know why I have that locked, Cheryl? (laughs) So so what happens in there? What happens in there stays stays in in there. there. Yeah, but I have a key, so yeah. literally and figuratively. So Gun repairs are, are strange. It's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy doing the gun work, and it, you know, it, keeps you on, on your, your, it keeps you sharp. Some gun repairs are fun to do, and others are not so much fun to do. But I enjoy it, and, and I would like to. If you guys have questions, you could text us or you could email us. Well, we don't have the text set up, but they can okay. definitely email at talk at gunfreedomradio.com. You can message us on Facebook. We're at Gun Freedom Radio. You can tweet us at, on Twitter at Gun Freedom Radio. And we'll answer your questions whether you're in Germany, France, or United States, Kentucky, wherever you are. We'll answer your questions and uh, try to help you with anything that any concerns you might have. Absolutely. And with the um, invention of smartphones, it's so easy to take pictures and send pictures and that sort of thing. And every once in a while, somebody will do that. They'll just post a, a picture on our Facebook Messenger and say, so I inherited this gun. What is it? Right. <laughs> I, I, what is it? What kind of ammunition does it take? And uh, Dan's been able to help a lot of people out that way. So we do want you to keep the conversation going. We do want to hear from you. So we are listening, and this is your show. And as we wrap up, we just want to thank uh, our engineer here. You're awesome, Michael. Appreciate your help with everything, keeping us on on time. Our listeners, what we do here wouldn't mean a thing if we didn't have you wonderful listeners out there and our amazing guests who come and teach us something new every week. And until next time, pray for our nation. You know it needs prayer. Pray for our leaders, (coughs) even the ones you don't like especially the ones you don't like, and be good to each other. Have a great week, and God bless. And we leave you with this thought from President Reagan. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here, did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. 
And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.